0: But before we get to tonight's reading, I just want to thank all of our Patrons on Patreon.com. Denise Rice, Lynn Eddy, and Kasha G. And a very special shout out to 10-year-old Ada Roberts and 6-year-old Irving Roberts. Your wonderful mother, Laura... It is now a patron of the show um, and told me that you listened to the show before bed and I am honored you listen so thank you and uh, sweet dreams I hope you like this story and for those of you who don't know uh, all the names that I just read are amazing new patrons on patreon.com which is a really cool site where you can go on and support uh, creators of the work that you like so if the Sleepy Podcast has helped you wake up more refreshed the next day and get a better night's sleep, then you can consider going to patreon.com sleepyradio and um, join the over 250 patrons that are supporting the show right now. And there's cool perks for donating. Uh, $5 a month, you get access to a special Patreon poetry feed where I send you extra poetry readings uh, each month just for donating. And even if you donate a dollar, I will read your name uh, in the opening credits of the next show. So, if you'd like to be a patron um, and have your name read on the show, then you can go to patreon.com slash sleepy Every dollar goes a really long way. Thank you. And as always, the music that you're hearing ...is by my good friend James Lebkowski... ...and the cover-up for Sleepy is by Gracie Canaan. So, tonight... um, ...for those of you who've been following the Sleepy podcast geographically... um, ...I have left New Orleans after a couple months... ...and have found myself in the woods in rural Mississippi... About an hour north of Biloxi. I've been wanting to get some woods time for a couple months now. Even though I had an amazing time in New Orleans, it is so nice to be out here in the woods. And uh, every time I'm in a place like this, I get the best sleep ever. It's probably because I'm from a place... Very much like this, very secluded, and uh, all that to say that I'm recording at a wonderful campsite parked about 30 yards away from a really beautiful little pond, and um, you're definitely going to hear some peepers and some bullfrogs in the background. You can probably hear them while I'm saying this right now. Anyways, I think it might be the perfect backdrop for this story. That I'm about to read. I would love to know what you think. Of uh, background noises like that. Because I'd love to record some stuff in front of the fire as well. Well tonight, uh, I am going to continue reading some grim fairy tales and I'm very excited to read this one in particular because it's a story that most of us grew up with in one way or another and it's Snow White a story told to the Grimm brothers by the Hassan flug family the Disney version that we grew up with is objectively different than this a little brighter um, as you heard in our last episode Hansel and Gretel these old fairy tales definitely have a darker side to them than the uh, cartoons that we probably grew up with still they are very nice to go to sleep to. there's a very wondrous quality about the language very simple writing I definitely almost fell asleep reading this one So as this is a little shorter, I'm going to play it over twice so it doesn't stop and you will not wake up and you'll just drift off. And I just want to let everyone know as it can kind of seem like the world is crazy right now, just remember to get good sleep. Um, Keep your immune system strong Good sleep is the key to so many things in your life, but it is very much a instrumental part of keeping a healthy body. So I hope this helps you get a long, good night's sleep. And I hope the Sleepy Podcast has been doing that and will be doing that for you for a while. Okay. That's enough of me yapping. Tonight, Snow White, as told to the Grim Brothers. And now is the time for you to fluff up your pillow just how you like it. Feel yourself melt into your bed. Get real comfortable. Close your eyes. And let me read to you. winter's day, when the snowflakes were falling like feathers, a queen sat sewing at her window, which had a frame of the blackest ebony. She opened the window to look up at the sky, and as she did, she pricked her finger, and three drops of blood fell into the snow on the windowsill. The red and the white looked so beautiful together. That she said to herself, I wish I had a child as white as snow, as red as blood, and as black as the wood in the window frame. As soon afterwards, she had a little daughter, and she was as white as snow, and as red as blood, and as black as ebony. So they called her Little Snow White. As soon as the baby was born, the queen died. A year later the king married another wife. She was a beautiful woman, but she was proud and arrogant and she couldn't bear to think that anyone was more beautiful than she was. She had a magic mirror and every morning she used to stand in front of it and gaze at her reflection and say, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who in this land is the fairest of all? and the mirror would reply, Your Majesty, you are the fairest of all. She was satisfied then, because she knew that the mirror could only tell the truth. But meanwhile, Snow White was growing up. When she was seven years old, she was as lovely as a spring day and even more beautiful, in fact, than the queen. So one day, when the queen asked her mirror, 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 on the wall, who in this land is the fairest of all? The mirror answered, your majesty, you are still lovely, it's true, but Snow White is a thousand times fairer than you. Immediately the queen took fright. Envy churned in her bowels and her flawless complexion took on a sickly yellow-green. From that moment on, she only had to look at Snow White to feel her heart tightening with malice. Her envy and pride grew strong like a weed in her soul and she felt no peace by day or by night. Finally, She called one of the king's huntsmen and said to him, Take that child deep into the woods. I never want to set eyes on her again. Make sure she's dead, and bring me her lungs and liver as proof. The huntsman did as ordered. When he had taken Snow White far into the heart of the forest, he took out his knife and was about to thrust it into her innocent heart when she began to cry oh please dear huntsman spare my life I'll run away into the wild woods and never come home again I promise she was so beautiful that the huntsman took pity on her and said you poor child go on then run away the wild beasts will eat her soon in any case he thought but knowing that he wouldn't have to kill her it was like feeling a heavy weight lift from his heart. Just then, a young boar came running through the bushes. The huntsman killed it and cut out its lungs and liver and took them back to the queen as proof of Snow White's death. The cook was ordered to season them well, dredge them in flour and fry them, and the wicked queen ate them all up. And that, she thought, was the end of Snow White. But meanwhile, Snow White was alone in the great forest with no idea what to do or where to go. She looked all around, but nothing she could see among the leaves and the bushes was any help. She was frightened. And she began to run, ignoring the sharp stones and brambles and small animals that leaped at her. She ran and ran, and just as the light was fading and the evening was near, she saw a little cottage. She knocked, but no one was home, so she went inside, hoping to rest. Everything in the house was small, but very neat and clean. There was a pot of stew besides the fire, and a little table covered with a snowy white tablecloth, on which stood seven little bowls, with a slice of bread beside each one, and seven little knives and forks and spoons, and seven little mugs. Upstairs there were seven little beds, all standing in a row, all neatly made with snowy white linen and a little table beside each bed with a little glass and a little toothbrush. Snow White was very hungry and thirsty, so she ate some stew from the pot and took a bite of each slice of bread and a sip of wine from each mug. And then she realized how tired she was So she lay down on one of the beds But it was too big And she tried another But it was too short But the seventh one was just right So she said her prayers And lay down and closed her eyes And was asleep in a moment Presently when it was dark The owners of the cottage came home There were seven dwarves And they earned their living by mining their precious ore under the mountains. They came in and lit their lanterns, and they saw that things were not as they had left them. Someone's been sitting in my chair. Someone's been eating from my bowl. There's a bite out of my bread. Look, the ladle's been used. Someone's eaten some stew. And they've used my knife. And they've used my fork And they've drunk from my mug They looked at each other with wide eyes Then they all looked up at the ceiling And they all tiptoed up the stairs And they all looked at their beds and whispered Someone's tried my bed And And mine And mine And mine And mine And mine Oh, look, the seventh dwarf had found Snow White asleep. They all tiptoed up and looked at her in wonder. The lantern light shone over her face on the snowy white pillow. Good heavens, what a beautiful child. Who can she be? We can't wake her up, she's fast asleep. What a lovely face. I wonder where she came from. It's a mystery, brothers, a deep mystery. Come back downstairs. We must discuss what to do. They tiptoed back downstairs and sat around the table. She looks exhausted, poor little thing. Better not wake her up. The morning will be soon enough for that. Maybe she's escaping from a witch. Fool, there's no such thing as witches. I think she's an angel, and so she might be, but she's in my bed, and where am I going to sleep? The other six agreed to let the seventh one share their bed an hour each throughout the night, and so they went to sleep. When Snow White woke up in the morning and found the seven dwarves all looking at her, they'd woken up and got dressed already, she was alarmed. Don't be frightened, to Miss. We're friendly enough. Not pretty, maybe, but we won't do you no harm. That's a promise. You're safe here. What's your name, my dear? I'm called Snow White, she said. They asked where she came from, how she found her way to their cottage, and so on. And she told them how her stepmother had tried to kill her, and how the huntsman had spared her life, and how she ran in a panic through the bushes and brambles till she found their cottage. The dwarves withdrew to the corner of the room and whispered together and then came back and said, If you'll keep house for us, sweep and clean, you know, all that, and cook, don't forget cooking, yes, and cook, and make the beds, and wash the linen, and sew and knit and darn our socks, then you can stay with us, my dear, and you shall have everything you want. Oh, I'll do that with all my heart, said Snow White. So they agreed on that, and Snow White began to keep house for them. Every morning they tramped off to the mountain to dig for gold and copper and silver, and when they came back in the evening, their dinner was ready for them, and the cottage was neat and clean, and everything was in order. During the day, of course, Snow White was all alone, and the dwarves warned her, Be careful. That stepmother of yours will be looking for you when she finds out you're alive. Don't let anyone in. Once the queen had eaten the liver and lungs that she thought were Snow White's, she wasn't afraid to look in her magic mirror and say, Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who in this land is the fairest of all? But she got a terrible shock when the mirror answered. Your majesty, you are still lovely, it's true. But far, far away in the forest so deep, where she lives with the dwarves since they found her asleep, Snow White is a thousand times fairer than you. The queen recoiled with horror, for she knew the mirror couldn't lie, and she realized that the huntsman must have deceived her. Snow White was still alive. All her thoughts circled around one question. How could she kill Snow White? If she, the queen, wasn't the most beautiful woman in the whole country, she knew her envy would torment her day and night. At last she thought of a plan She made up her face carefully And disguised herself as an old peddler So skillfully that she knew no one would recognize her She made her way to the house of the seven dwarves And when they were at work down under the mountain She knocked on the door Snow White was making the beds She heard the knock and opened an upstairs window. Good day, she called down. What are you selling? Fine laces and pretty ribbons, the queen called up. Would you like to see what I have, my dear? Here's a lovely one, look. She pulled out a lace made of braided silk. Snow White thought it was very pretty indeed and surely this old woman had an honest face. It must be safe to let her in. She ran down and unbolted the door and looked at the lace. Would you like to try it? said the peddler woman. Dear me, child, you need looking after. Come here, sweetie. Let me do up your bodice with this pretty lace. Snow White stood there not suspecting a thing While the old woman thread the lace through and through her bodice And then pulled and pulled and pulled so tight that Snow White couldn't breathe The poor girl's eyes fluttered and her lips moved And then she fell down senseless You're not so beautiful, now you're dead Muttered the old woman and hurried away soon afterwards the dwarves came home because the day was ending when they saw Snow White lying there not breathing they were terrified they picked her up and then realized what was causing the trouble and quickly they cut through the lace so she could breathe little by little she came back to life and told them what had happened. Well, you know who that peddler woman was, don't you? It was the wicked queen. Couldn't have been anyone else. Don't let her in again, whatever you do. Take care, Snow White. Oh, Duke, take care. Remember now, be on your guard. Don't let anyone in. Meanwhile, the queen was hurrying home. As soon as she was safe in her boudoir, she asked the mirror, 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 on the wall, who in this land is the fairest of all? And the mirror answered, Your majesty, you are still lovely, it's true, but they cut through the lace with a sharp little knife. And they brought their Snow White back to life. And she's still a thousand times lovelier than you. When the queen heard that, her heart gave a sickening lurch and squeezed her blood so hard she thought her eyes would burst. Still alive, still alive. We'll see about that, she said. She won't be alive for long, I promise. The queen understood the art of witchcraft Then she crushed some rare herbs While saying a spell And then dipped a pretty comb Into the herb juice It was a deadly poison With the aid of a little more magic She changed her appearance entirely So she didn't look at all Like the previous old woman And set off for the dwarf's cottage She knocked on the door And called out Pretty knickknacks for sale. Combs and pins and mirrors. Pretty trinkets for pretty girls. Snow White looked out of the upstairs window and answered, I can't let you in. I'm not allowed. You better go away. That's all right, sweetheart, said the old woman. I won't step over the threshold. I'm sure no one would mind if you took a look, though. What about this lovely comb here? Look. It was very pretty. And Snow White thought it would do no harm, just to look. She ran down and opened the door. Oh, such lovely hair, said the old woman. So black and so rich and shiny. But oh, a terrible tangle. When did you last brush it properly, sweetheart? Don't they look after you here? She was running her fingers through Snow White's hair as she spoke. Let me just tease out a tangle or two with this pretty comb. You like it, don't you? I can see. Come here, darling. Snow White obediently bent her head and the old woman dug the comb into her scalp so viciously the poor girl fell straight down without even a cry. That's done for you, missy. Let's see how lovely you are when you start to rot, said the queen, and she hurried away before the dwarfs came home. Luckily it was almost evening, and not long after the wicked queen left Snow White lying there, The dwarves came home and found her. Snow White, what's happened? Is she breathing? That wicked queen again. What's that stuck in her hair? Pull it out quick. Mind, it'll be poison. Careful, careful. They wrapped a handkerchief around the comb and pulled it delicately out and almost at once Snow White sighed and opened her eyes Oh dwarves I'm so stupid She didn't look at all like she did before and I thought it would be alright They told her it would only be alright if she kept her wits about her and did as they told her She mustn't open the door for anyone The queen hurried back and threw off her disguise before standing in front of the magic mirror. She said, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? The mirror answered, Your majesty, you are still lovely, it's true, but as soon as you'd gone, the good dwarves arrived home, and with care and with caution, they took out the comb. Snow White is alive And far lovelier than you That made the queen stagger And clutch at the wall The blood drained out of her face Leaving it a dirty white With patches of yellow and green She drew herself up To her full height And sparks flew out of her eyes Snow White shall die She cried She went into her most private room And locked the door behind her No one was allowed in there Not even the servants Then with the help of a book of spells And several little dark bottles She set about making a poisoned apple It was white on one side And rosy red on the other Anyone who saw it would want to take a bite But if they did Even just the tiniest nibble They would fall down dead At once Then the queen disguised herself A third time Put the apple in her pocket And set off for the dwarf's cottage She knocked on the door And Snow White looked out of the window I can't let anyone in She said I'm not allowed ''That's all right, my dear,'' said the queen, who looked like an old peasant. ''I just wondered if you'd like an apple. ''I've had such a crop this year, I don't know what to do with them all.'' ''No, I'm not supposed to take anything,'' said Snow White. ''Oh, what a pity,'' said the old woman. ''They taste so good, too. ''Look, I'll take a bite, just in case you're worried.'' She had made the apple so cunningly that only the red half was poisoned. Of course, she took a bite from the white half and then held it out to Snow White. It looked so delicious that the poor girl couldn't resist. She reached out through the window, took the apple and bit deeply into the red part and she'd hardly bitten off a piece when she fell to the floor dead the wicked queen leaned in and saw her lying on the floor and she laughed with a loud laugh white as snow red as blood black as ebony and now dead as a doornail those dwarves won't wake you up this time when she got up through her boudoir she asked the mirror Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who in this land is the fairest of all? And the mirror answered, Your majesty, you are the fairest of all. She sighed a deep and happy sigh of satisfaction. If an envious heart can be at rest, hers was then. When the dwarves came home that evening, they found Snow White on the floor, stark and still. She wasn't breathing. Her eyes were closed. She wasn't moving at all. She was dead. They looked around for whatever might have killed her and found nothing. They unfastened her laces in case she couldn't breathe. They looked through her hair for a poison comb they warmed her by the fire they put a drop of brandy on her lips they laid her on a bed and they set her up in a chair but nothing helped then it struck home to them that she must really be dead and they laid her out gently on a bier and sat beside her weeping for three days they'd intended to bear But she still looked so fresh and beautiful, just as if she was only sleeping, that they couldn't bring themselves to put her under the black earth. So, they had a glass coffin made, and laid her inside. With letters of gold they wrote, Princess Snow White, on it. And they carried it up to a mountaintop. From then on one of the dwarves stayed beside her all the time, they took in turns to watch over her, and the birds came and mourned for her as well, first an owl, then a raven, and finally a dove, and so things remained for a long, long time, the body of Snow White did not decay, for she still looked as white as snow, as red as blood and as black as ebony. One day a prince happened to be hunting in the forest and came to the dwarf's house and asked for shelter for the night. Next morning he saw the sunlight glitter on the mountaintop and went to see what was there. He found the glass coffin. He read the golden inscription and he saw the body of Snow White. He said to the dwarves, let me take the coffin away with me. I'll pay you as much as you want. We don't want money, they said. We wouldn't sell that coffin for all the money in the world. Then please give it to me, he begged. I fall in love with Princess Snow White. And I can't live without being able to see her. I'll treat her with all the honor and respect I'd feel for a living princess. The dwarves went away a little and spoke together quietly. Then they came back and said they'd taken pity on him. And they were sure he'd treat their dear Snow White properly so he could take her back to his kingdom. The prince thanked them and told his servants to pick up the coffin with great care and carry it along with them. But as they were going down the mountainside, one of the servants tripped and stumbled and shook the coffin, and that dislodged the piece of apple from Snow White's throat, for she had never quite swallowed it. And slowly she woke up and then she pushed open the lid of the coffin and sat up fully alive once more. Dear God, where am I, she said. The prince said joyfully, you're with me. He told her everything that had happened and then said, I love you more than anything else in the world. Come with me to my father's castle and become my wife. Snow White loved him at once, and their wedding was arranged with great splendor and magnificence. Among the guests invited to the ceremony was Snow White's wicked stepmother. After putting on the most beautiful of her dresses, she stood in front of the magic mirror and said, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, Who in this land is the fairest of all? And the mayor answered, Your Majesty, You are still lovely, it's true, But the young queen's a thousand times fairer than you. The queen gasped with horror. She was so frightened, So terrified that she didn't know what to do. She didn't want to go to the wedding, And she didn't want to stay away. And yet she felt she had to go and see the young queen. So in the end she went. And when she saw Snow White she recognized her at once. And was struck with horror. She could only stand there trembling. But a pair of iron shoes had already been placed in the fire. When they were red hot. They were brought out with tongs and placed on the floor and the wicked queen was made to step into them and dance till she fell down dead. One winter's day, when the snowflakes were falling like feathers, a queen sat sewing at her window, which had a frame of the blackest ebony. She opened the window to look up at the sky, and as she did, she pricked her finger, and three drops of blood fell into the snow on the windowsill. The red and the white looked so beautiful together that she said to herself, I wish I had a child as white as snow, as red as blood, and as black as the wood in the window frame. As soon afterwards, she had a little daughter, and she was as white as snow, and as red as blood, and as black as ebony. So they called her Little Snow White. As soon as the baby was born, the queen died. A year later, the king married another wife. She was a beautiful woman, but she was proud and arrogant and she couldn't bear to think that anyone was more beautiful than she was. She had a magic mirror, and every morning she used to stand in front of it and gaze at her reflection and say, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who in this land is the fairest of all? And the mirror would reply, Your Majesty, you are the fairest of all. She was satisfied then Because she knew That the mirror could only tell the truth But meanwhile Snow White was growing up When she was seven years old She was as lovely as a spring day And even more beautiful in fact Than the queen So one day When the queen asked her mirror Mirror, mirror On the wall Who in this land is the fairest of all The mirror answered, Your Majesty, you are still lovely, it's true, but Snow White is a thousand times fairer than you. Immediately the queen took fright. Envy churned in her bowels and her flawless complexion took on a sickly yellow green. From that moment on, she only had to look at Snow White, To feel her heart tightening with malice Her envy and pride grew strong like a weed in her soul And she felt no peace by day or by night Finally, she called one of the king's huntsmen And said to him Take that child deep into the woods I never want to set eyes on her again Make sure she's dead and bring me her lungs and liver as proof. The huntsman did as ordered. When he had taken Snow White far into the heart of the forest, he took out his knife and was about to thrust it into her innocent heart when she began to cry, Oh, please, dear huntsman, spare my life. I'll run away into the wild woods and never come home again. I promise. She was so beautiful that the huntsman took pity on her and said, you poor child, go on then, run away. The wild beast will eat her soon in any case, he thought, but knowing that he wouldn't have to kill her was like feeling a heavy weight lift from his heart. Just then, a young boar came running through the bushes, The huntsman killed it, and cut out its lungs and liver, and took them back to the queen as proof of Snow White's death. The cook was ordered to season them well, dredge them in flour and fry them, and the wicked queen ate them all up. And that, she thought, was the end of Snow White. meanwhile, Snow White was alone in the great forest With no idea what to do or where to go She looked all around But nothing she could see among the leaves And the bushes was any help She was frightened And she began to run Ignoring the sharp stones and brambles And small animals that leaped at her She ran and ran And just as the light was fading, and the evening was near, she saw a little cottage. She knocked, but no one was home, so she went inside, hoping to rest. Everything in the house was small, but very neat and clean. There was a pot of stew besides the fire and a little table covered with a snowy white tablecloth on which stood seven little bowls with a slice of bread beside each one and seven little knives and forks and spoons and seven little mugs. Upstairs there were seven little beds all standing in a row all neatly made with snowy white linen and a little table beside each bed with a little glass and a little toothbrush. Snow White was very hungry and thirsty, so she ate some stew from the pot and took a bite of each slice of bread and a sip of wine from each mug. And then she realized how tired she was, so she lay down on one of the beds, but it was too big, and she tried another, but it was too short but the seventh one was just right. So she said her prayers and lay down and closed her eyes and was asleep in a moment. Presently, when it was dark, the owners of the cottage came home. There were seven dwarfs, and they earned their living by mining their precious ore under the mountains. They came in and lit their lanterns. And they saw that things were not as they had left them. Someone's been sitting in my chair. Someone's been eating from my bowl. There's a bite out of my bread. Look. The ladle's been used. Someone's eaten some stew. And they've used my knife. And they've used my fork. And they've drunk from my mug. They looked at each other with wide eyes. Then they all looked up at the ceiling. And they all tiptoed up the stairs. And they all looked at their beds and whispered, Someone's tried my bed. And mine. And mine. And mine. And mine. And mine. And mine. Oh, look! The seventh dwarf had found Snow White asleep. They all tiptoed up and looked at her in wonder, the lantern light shone over her face on the snowy white pillow. Good heavens, what a beautiful child. Who can she be? We can't wake her up, she's fast asleep. What a lovely face. I wonder where she came from. It's a mystery, brothers, a deep mystery. Come back downstairs. We must discuss what to do. They tiptoed back downstairs and sat around the table. She looks exhausted. Poor little thing. Better not wake her up. The morning will be soon enough for that. Maybe she's escaping from a witch. Fool, there's no such thing as witches. I think she's an angel, and so she might be, but she's in my bed, and where am I going to sleep? The other six agreed to let the seventh one share their bed an hour each throughout the night, and so they went to sleep. When Snow White woke up in the morning and found the seven dwarves all looking at her, They'd woken up and got dressed already. She was alarmed. Don't be frightened miss. We're friendly enough. Not pretty, maybe. But we won't do you no harm. That's a promise. You're safe here. What's your name, my dear? I'm called Snow White, she said. They asked where she came from how she found her way to their cottage and so on and she told them how her stepmother had tried to kill her and how the huntsman had spared her life and how she ran in a panic through the bushes and brambles till she found their cottage. The dwarves withdrew to the corner of the room and whispered together and then came back and said, If you'll keep house for us, sweep and clean, you know, all that, and cook, don't forget cooking. Yes, and cook, and make the beds, and wash the linen, and sew and knit and darn our socks. Then you can stay with us, my dear, and you shall have everything you want. Oh, I'll do that with all my heart, said Snow White. So they agreed on that, and Snow White began to keep house for them. Every morning they tramped off to the mountain to dig for gold and copper and silver. And when they came back in the evening, their dinner was ready for them. And the cottage was neat and clean, and everything was in order. During the day, of course, Snow White was all alone, and the dwarfs warned her, Be careful. That stepmother of yours will be looking for you when she finds out you're alive. Don't let anyone in. Once the queen had eaten the liver and lungs that she thought were Snow White's, she wasn't afraid to look in her magic mirror and say, Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who in this land is the fairest of all? But she got a terrible shot when the mirror answered, Your majesty, you are still lovely, it's true, but far, far away in the forest so deep where she lives with the dwarves since they found her asleep, Snow White is a thousand times fairer than you. The queen recoiled with horror, for she knew the mirror couldn't lie, and she realized that the huntsman must have deceived her. Snow White was still alive. All her thoughts circled around one question. How could she kill Snow White? If she, the queen, wasn't the most beautiful woman in the whole country, she knew her envy would torment her day and night. At last, she thought of a plan. She made up her face carefully and disguised herself as an old peddler, so skillfully that she knew no one would recognize her. She made her way to the house of the seven dwarves, and when they were at work down under the mountain, she knocked on the door. Snow White was making the bed. She heard the knock and opened an upstairs window. Good day, she called down. What are you selling? Fine laces and pretty ribbons, the queen called up. Would you like to see what I have, my dear? Here's a lovely one. Look. She pulled out a lace made of braided silk. Snow White thought it was very pretty indeed, and surely this old woman had an honest face. It must be safe to let her in. She ran down and unbolted the door and looked at the lace. Would you like to try it? said the peddler woman. Dear me, child, you need looking after. Come here, sweetie. Let me do up your bodice with this pretty lace. Snow White stood there not suspecting a thing while the old woman thread the lace through and through her bodice and then pulled and pulled and pulled so tight that Snow White couldn't breathe. The poor girl's eyes fluttered, and her lips moved, and then she fell down senseless. You're not so beautiful, now you're dead, muttered the old woman, and hurried away. Soon afterwards, the dwarves came home because the day was ending when they saw Snow White lying there not breathing they were terrified they picked her up and then realized what was causing the trouble and quickly they cut through the lace so she could breathe. Little by little she came back to life and told them what had happened. Well, you know who that peddler woman was, don't you? It was the wicked queen. Couldn't have been anyone else. Don't let her in again, whatever you do. Take care, Snow White. Oh, Duke, take care. Remember now, be on your guard. Don't let anyone in. Meanwhile, the queen was hurrying home. As soon as she was safe in her boudoir, she asked the mirror, 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 on the wall, who in this land is the fairest of all? And the mirror answered, Your majesty, you are still lovely, it's true. But they cut through the lace with a sharp little knife, and they brought their snow white back to life. And she still a thousand times lovelier than you. When the queen heard that, her heart gave a sickening lurch and squeezed her blood so hard she thought her eyes would burst. Still alive, still alive. We'll see about that, she said. She won't be alive for long, I promise. The queen understood the art of witchcraft Then she crushed some rare herbs while saying a spell and then dipped a pretty comb into the herb juice. It was a deadly poison. With the aid of a little more magic, she changed her appearance entirely so she didn't look at all like the previous old woman and set off for the dwarf's cottage. She knocked on the door and called out pretty knickknacks for sale. Combs and pins and mirrors. Pretty trinkets for pretty girls. Snow White looked out of the upstairs window and answered, I can't let you in. I'm not allowed. You better go away. That's all right, sweetheart, said the old woman. I won't step over the threshold. I'm sure no one would mind if you took a look, though. What about this lovely comb here? Look, it was very pretty, and Snow White thought it would do no harm just to look. She ran down and opened the door. Oh, such lovely hair, said the old woman, so black and so rich and shiny. But oh, a terrible tangle. When did you last brush it properly, sweetheart? Don't they look after you here? She was running her fingers through Snow White's hair as she spoke. Let me just tease out a tangle or two with this pretty comb. You like it, don't you? I can see. Come here, darling. Snow White obediently bent her head, and the old woman dug the comb into her scalp so viciously the poor girl fell straight down without even a cry. That's done for you, Missy. Let's see how lovely you are when you start to rot, said the queen, and she hurried away before the dwarves came home. Luckily, it was almost evening, and not long after the wicked queen left Snow White lying there, the dwarves came home and found her. Snow White, What's happened? Is she breathing? That wicked queen again. What's that stuck in her hair? Pull it out quick. Mind, it'll be poison. Careful, careful. They wrapped a handkerchief around the comb and pulled it delicately out. And almost at once, Snow White sighed and opened her eyes. Oh, dwarves. I'm so stupid, she didn't look at all like she did before, and I thought it would be alright. They told her it would only be alright if she kept her wits about her, and did as they told her. She mustn't open the door for anyone. The queen hurried back, and threw off her disguise before standing in front of the magic mirror. She said, Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who in this land is fairest of all? The mirror answered, Your majesty, you are still lovely, it's true. But as soon as you'd gone, the good dwarves arrived home, and with care and with caution, they took out the comb. And Snow White is alive and far lovelier than you. That made the queen stagger and clutch at the wall. The blood drained out of her face, leaving it a dirty white with patches of yellow and green. She drew herself up to her full height, and sparks flew out of her eyes. Snow White shall die, she cried. She went into her most private room and locked the door behind her. No one was allowed in there Not even the servants Then with the help of a book of spells And several little dark bottles She set about making a poisoned apple It was white on one side And rosy red on the other Anyone who saw it would want to take a bite But if they did Even just the tiniest nibble They would fall down dead the queen disguised herself a third time, put the apple in her pocket, and set off for the dwarf's cottage. She knocked on the door, and Snow White looked out of the window. I can't let anyone in, she said. I'm not allowed. That's all right, my dear, said the queen, who looked like an old peasant. I just wondered if you'd like an apple. I've had such a crop this year, I don't know what to do with them all. No, I'm not supposed to take anything, said Snow White. Oh, what a pity, said the old woman. They taste so good, too. Look, I'll take a bite, just in case you're worried. She had made the apples so cunningly that only the red half was poisoned. Of course, she took a bite from the white half, and then held it out to Snow White. It looked so delicious that the poor girl couldn't resist. She reached out through the window, took the apple, and bit deeply into the red part, and she'd hardly bitten off a piece when she fell to the floor, dead. The wicked queen leaned in and saw her lying on the floor and she laughed with a loud laugh. White as snow, red as blood, black as ebony and now dead as a doornail. Those dwarves won't wake you up this time. When she got up through her boudoir she asked the mirror, 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 on the wall Who in this land is the fairest of all? And the mirror answered, Your Majesty, You are the fairest of all. She sighed a deep and happy sigh of satisfaction. If an envious heart can be at rest, Hers was then. When the dwarves came home that evening, They found Snow White on the floor, stark and still. She wasn't breathing. Her eyes were closed. She wasn't moving at all. She was dead. They looked around for whatever might have killed her and found nothing. They unfastened her laces in case she couldn't breathe. They looked through her hair for a poison comb. They warmed her by the fire. They put a drop of brandy on her lips They laid her on a bed And they set her up in a chair But nothing helped Then it struck home to them That she must really be dead And they laid her out gently on a bier, And sat beside her Weeping for three days They'd intended to bury her but she still looked so fresh and beautiful just as if she was only sleeping that they couldn't bring themselves to put her under the black earth. So, they had a glass coffin made and laid her inside. With letters of gold they wrote, Princess Snow White on it, and they carried it up to a mountaintop. From then on one of the dwarves stayed beside her all the time They took in turns to watch over her And the birds came and mourned for her as well First an owl, then a raven And finally a dove And so things remained for a long, long time The body of Snow White did not decay For she still looked as white as snow As red as blood as black as ebony. One day a prince happened to be hunting in the forest and came to the dwarf's house and asked for shelter for the night. Next morning he saw the sunlight glitter on the mountaintop and went to see what was there. He found the glass coffin. He read the golden inscription and he saw the body of Snow White. He said to the dwarves, let me take the coffin away with me. I'll pay you as much as you want. We don't want money, they said. We wouldn't sell that coffin for all the money in the world. Then please give it to me, he begged. I fall in love with Princess Snow White and I can't live without being able to see her. I'll treat her with all the honor and respect I'd feel for a living princess. The dwarves went away a little and spoke together quietly. Then they came back and said they'd taken pity on him and they were sure he'd treat their dear Snow White properly so he could take her back to his kingdom. The prince thanked them and told his servants to pick up the coffin with great care and carry it along with him. But as they were going down the mountainside, one of the servants tripped and stumbled and shook the coffin and that dislodged the piece of apple from Snow White's throat, for she had never quite swallowed it. And slowly she woke up and then she pushed open the lid of the coffin and sat up fully alive once more. Dear God, where am I? She said. The prince said joyfully, You're with me. He told her everything that had happened and then said, I love you more than anything else in the world. Come with me to my father's castle and become my wife. Snow White loved him at once, and their wedding was arranged with great splendor and magnificence. Among the guests invited to the ceremony was Snow White's wicked stepmother. After putting on the most beautiful of her dresses, she stood in front of the magic mirror and said, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, Who in this land is the fairest of all? And the mayor answered, Your majesty, you are still lovely, it's true, but the young queen's a thousand times fairer than you. The queen gasped with horror. She was so frightened, so terrified, that she didn't know what to do. She didn't want to go to the wedding. And she didn't want to stay away And yet she felt she had to go and see the young queen So in the end she went And when she saw Snow White She recognized her at once And was struck with horror She could only stand there trembling But a pair of iron shoes had already been placed in the fire When they were red hot They were brought out with tongs and placed on the floor and the wicked queen was made to step into them and dance till she fell down dead. Thank you for listening to Sleepy. Good night.